Welcome to Desire Made Real, a discovery of Witches podcast where we recap every episode of the television show spoiler free, except when we're between seasons and there are no episodes to recap right now. So I am one of your hosts, Mandy Kay, and when I'm not talking about Matthew and Diana, I'm probably doing one of the things that we're going to talk about in this episode. And I'm Caitlin, and when I'm not talking about a discovery of witches, I am also doing one of the things that we are going to be talking about in this episode. Because in this episode, we are discussing ways to keep yourself distracted during the long wait for season two. The long, long, long wait for season two. Maybe we should just assume it's going to be like two years. So then when it's not that long, we're pleasantly surprised. Yeah, well, I'm assuming that it's... At the very least, I don't expect it to be before fall 2020, but since the first season dropped in January. Fall 2020? Not even 2019? No, they haven't even announced casting yet. I I don't even think, they're not in pre-production, they're like in pre-production, they're not doing production yet. Like, they haven't started filming. We could get it winter 2020. I'm doing the opposite of what I just said. I'm hoping for it sooner rather than later. Yeah. So honestly, so my my assumption is that it's probably going to be January 2021. And then if oh. it drops earlier, I will be pleasantly and wonderfully that surprised. It is actually 2 years. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping for winter 2020. Like like North America got it this year. So Caitlin, yes. When you are not watching a Discovery of Witches, what is it that you like to watch that you think everybody else should also watch? Okay. So I'm going to leave out like the obvious things like obviously Outlander, you know, like whatever. That's fine. Um, But some shows that I think will appeal are I, I mentioned one briefly during hmm, one of our episodes uh, is that Anne with an E show. And I think it will appeal because it's an all women writing team. So it's. Uh, very focused on the female friendships, and it's this really good reinterpretation of the Anne of Green Gables story, where it's been given a lot of modern sensibilities while still keeping it a period piece. So there are queer characters, there are characters of color, and that sort of thing, and they've really expanded the story and the world, and I love it so much. And I think, you know, a lot of people had a problem with how quickly Matthew and Diana got together. And I mean, Anne and Gilbert is like the slowest of slow burns because <laughs> they meet when they're 12, you know? Right. So if you're looking for the exact opposite, you know, like I think all of season one went by and I would be happy if maybe they looked at each other. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that's the actual like best review of Anne with an E that I've heard. Like it's the only one that's made me interested in actually watching it. Yeah, like don't don't go in expecting the book and don't go in expecting the 1985, you know, Megan Follow series, which are both very good. I'm, you know, I was a 12 year old Canadian girl, so I have read and seen both a million times. Of course. Uh, um, so, and this is one of the reasons I love it is that it is so very different. OK, I might actually add that one onto the list now after hearing you rave about it so much. Please do. And they're filming season three right now. Uh, no idea when it's coming out. It, it's another one that I'm like. <sighs> Wait, there are already two seasons of it out? There are two seasons, yeah. <laughs> Did I not know that? Okay. Do you have anything? So I was having a think about kind of other 
supernatural fantasy set slash sci-fi things that I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I came up with two things that are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, the first is on the sci-fi, not the supernatural side. Uh, there's a right. Netflix show called Travelers, mm-hmm. which is about time travel. And it's pretty great. There are three seasons out right now. Um, I haven't actually started season three yet, but I'm re-watching seasons one and two in, ante- in anticipation of it. And it is so very good that hmm. um, I rave about it to anybody that I get an opportunity to. And I haven't seen anybody who has started it and hasn't loved it. I don't even think I've heard of it. It's got, it stars um, Eric McCormick is like the main character. He was Will on Will and Grace. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, that was not a happy sound. <laughs> I just don't like him. <laughs> he just bothers me. Um. Well, I mean, his character he is nothing at all like Will from Will and Grace. He's... Oh like, no! I have a really hard time <laughs> seeing them as the same me. person. Oh, okay. His face bothers you. Well, that yeah. might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just his face and promotional images because he's got that weird smile. I don't know. It just turns me off because I have. Now that you mentioned that it's him, I've looked at like the the like I've clicked on it on Netflix mm-hmm. before, but he's like front and center, and I'm like, no. Well, <laughs> it is very much out. an ensemble cast, so he's he's not. A reason to stay away he's not the reason to watch it right. um, and there are some really really great actors in it who i was not familiar with before i started watching it all right i will keep that in mind i don't think i'd ever heard anything about it before it's pretty spectacular hmm. i mean just the premise of it is slightly different from what i'm accustomed to seeing with time travel shows but I, I don't want to talk about it too much because it's kind of spoilery. And this is not a spoiler-filled episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's my top choice. Um, and then the other, like, really good sci-fi show would be Orphan Black, which we've mentioned a few times. I also still haven't watched that. It was It's like I've, I was saving it, and, and then I never really got around to it. So I should probably get around to it. You should absolutely get around to it. it yeah. I bought my second ever Funko Pop because of Orphan Black. Oh, interesting. Okay. I have this thing where I used to hate Funko Pops because mm-hmm. they all look the same. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's stupid. I don't get it. And then I saw two that came out really close to each other. And as soon as I saw them, I immediately knew who the character was. And so it, right. it was enough of a... It was unique enough, like, and it really spoke to me about that character that I was like, oh, I have to get it. And that was Felicity Smoke from Arrow and Cosima from Orphan Black. Okay. So, yeah, Orphan Black is fantastic. And Tatiana Maslany, who played all of the clones, is one of the most amazing people I've ever seen in my life as an actor. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about her. Like, I forget watching it that it's just one actress. I, I've heard that. Yeah, that's that's what everybody says. Yeah. Again, not not any particular reason that I haven't watched it other than I just I just didn't get around to it, you know, and now it's all it's all complete. So I can just binge the whole thing. Yeah, you can binge start to finish. I'm actually kind of jealous that you can do that. <laughs> so my uh, second mention here is I don't know if it's a recommendation because I haven't seen it yet. Nobody has. But the same studio that did the did, is doing Discovery of Witches TV show is currently in post-production for season one of His Dark Materials. I did not know that. 
Yes. And like Lin-Manuel Miranda's in it. What? Yeah, he's playing Lee Scoresby. How do I not know this? I have no idea. I've literally, every now and then I remember, or there's even a trailer out. Okay, I have to go find this. Yeah. So the trailer is obviously like they haven't done any of their special effects yet because you could watch it and have no idea that it's a fantasy series Mm -hmm. or that there's, you know, demons and things. But it is a really good book series that I enjoy. And, you know, it's done by the same people who did Discovery of Witches. So I assume it's going to be, you know, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be a faithful adaptation, unlike the movie that shall not be named. And I'm really excited and I hope it's good. I am a little bit nervous about all the special effects after watching A Discovery of Witches, but hopefully they're good. So, yeah, it doesn't have a release date yet, but I assume it's, you know, because they're in post-production, it's Mm going to be before season two. Well, speaking of The Discovery of Witches production company, which is Mm -hmm. called Bad Wolf Productions. Right. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Doctor Who as a possible, you know, replacement. Not replacement, but... You know, just something to bide your time until you're waiting. Especially if you haven't seen it, because then there's so much to sink your teeth into. Yeah. And if you don't know why I would equate Doctor Who with Bad Wolf, then you just really need to watch, at the very least, Christopher Eccleston's season of Doctor Who. Yeah. I always forget that Bad Wolf was season one. It it's, feels like it should be later, because yeah. it's so iconic. Yeah. But it is... The first season of the new Who. And I guess because of things that happened later, I, I sort of associate it with David Tennant's Doctor, but it's mm-hmm. it's not. Right. Yeah. I haven't watched Doctor Who in a while. I kind of, well, I, I don't like Stephen Moffat as a human person. <laughs> I think he's kind of a misogynistic jerk in love with his own genius, and it shows through in a lot of his work. Mm-hmm. But I have been meaning to give it another try now that he's no longer the showrunner. Yeah. It took a turn for the worse toward the end of his run, and then it picked back up again this last season. So that that is what I've heard, and even like some of Stephen Moffat's stuff is really good. Like season five is one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. It's really good, but then season six and onward is just a mess. See, and season six is my favorite season. Really interesting. Yeah, I okay. I think Stephen Moffat was a better writer than a better showrunner, honestly. But season six is my favorite season, and I think it's just because of River Song and that whole storyline. See, I was very underwhelmed. Like, I love River Song as a character. I mean, we've talked about how much we love Alex Kingston, but um, I was just very underwhelmed with how that all played out and thought it didn't really live up to what he'd been building up. That's fair. And my last television recommendation is Killing Eve, which is a fabulous show. The Only the first season is out currently, but season two starts in April. And in season two, Edward Blumel is playing a character. Uh, so Marcus will be there. And I love it because it is violent, women-focused, so compelling. Uh, it's so good. I, I watched most of it. In fact, I think I watched all of it at work. And I could not stop myself from having like out loud visceral reactions. Oh, wow. In a, where like I was like listening on on headphones, obviously, so nobody else in the room had any idea what was going on. <laughs> but I definitely at one point turned to a coworker who had no idea what the show was and was like, I don't know if they are going to kill each other or make out. And I don't know which one I want. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. My coworker looked at me like, 
what? Because she had no idea what I was talking about, but I, I had to I had to talk to somebody about it. It was so good. Yeah. And I'm I'm very excited for season two. I have heard nobody say a bad word about Killing Eve. Um, everybody has raved about it. And I watched the first episode and was very, very underwhelmed and didn't continue watching. That's I will the first episode's not the best. I don't even remember if there's any good violence, like, I mean, not that I need violence in a TV show, but, you know, it's fun. Yeah. It's weird, though, because for television shows that I love, when I'm introducing them to other people, I always, always, always beg them to give it more than one episode before they decide not to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I did not follow that rule myself. And so now that I've heard that Edward Blumel is going to be in season two, I really do want to watch. And I, I love Sandra O. Oh. So I really do need to give it another try. I will say I feel like the first episode is very different from the rest because it was sort of all about getting Sandra O oh out of where she was so that she could take over the posi- I I don't remember where episode one ended but like in the first one she's doing her job and blah 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 and I, near the end or at the end she gets fired from her position right I don't remember okay well she does this is not a spoiler this is just set up right and. After getting fired from her position with MI5, sure, I don't, I don't know anything about British intelligence. Um, <laughs> she gets hired by a like super secret department within MI5, 6, whatever, I don't know. And then she sort of heads the hunt for this assassin. Who, and then the assassin lady becomes obsessed with her, so they're both kind of hunting each other. Okay. Except, and it's really good. Okay. So I, the, the first episode is not necessarily derivative of the rest of the season. Okay. I might give it another shot. I mean, if you don't, that's fair too. Everybody's time is precious. There's lots of TV out there, so that's I understand. True. But I mean, I might spend all my time rewatching Buffy and Angel. Which would not be time wasted. Well, not except for all. some bits of Angel. <laughs> that would be time wasted. Yeah, possibly. Um so that was going to be my last suggestion is I'm mm-hmm. going old school here and saying Buffy and Angel are always, always worth a watch if you don't have anything else to watch or even if you do have other things to watch. And I highly agree. Well, I agree about Buffy. Angel is either really good or really bad. It doesn't have a lot of middle ground. Yeah. But it's still worth it to me. I, this this is hilarious to say on a Discovery of Witches podcast, but I have this very clear memory of when Angel was airing on television. At the beginning of season three, in the season three premiere, I was watching it, you know, live as it aired. And at the end, you see a character who I think at the time was a vampire and you see her pregnant. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Have you you have finished it since then, right? Uh, Yeah, I've watched bits and pieces past that. I have not watched the whole thing because I I just can't. Oh, wow. I've looked up what happens. Okay. And obviously I've watched the puppet episode more than once. So Vampire Babies and Angel are bad, but Vampire uh, Babies and Discovery of Witches are okay. I have no idea why (laughs) when I was 14 or whatever, I was so highbrow that I was just like, no, I'm out. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. I love it. I love it. In my 30s, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Okay. Actually, that that speaks very well to the type of teenager I was. <laughs> That's great. 
Um, but there are other things one can do than watch television, of course. <laughs> really? Are you sure? Yep. Yeah, I am. You can read books. Do people still do that? Is this the worst transition ever, or are we just going to go with it? <laughs> I think we should just go with it. All right, let's do it. Um, even, even the television series we were talking about, based on a book. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I... God, I, both of us used to be book bloggers, which we didn't know each other back then. But I yeah. think it's hilarious that we both used to read enough that we were book bloggers. And then I stopped reading for a long time because I started crocheting and then I started podcasting. And who has time to read when you're doing all this other stuff? Although apparently you make time to do all of them still. I I don't understand how. It's amazing. I work less than a lot of people. That's and I can I listen to a lot of audiobooks also. OK, Um. But I have, so this year I have been reading a lot more. And I actually started with me rereading Discovery of Witches um, because so after nice. the series started um, and we started podcasting about it, I wanted to really remember. Because, mm-hmm. like, in our first episode, I was like, I don't remember what happened in the book. I don't know. I, I know the like high level plot points, but I just didn't remember anything else. So I started reading and I like went through those books really, really quickly. And I've, actually kept up the trend and i've been reading a lot so it's been a pretty great couple of months i have this feeling like we've written down about five books and i have this feeling that we're just going to go completely off the rails and recommend like 20 but it's entirely possible let's get into this so my first recommendation is the parasol protectorate series by gail Carriger, and i'm recommending these because they are they're like supernatural romance mystery books but with a twist and they're basically like comedy steampunk books. okay that's interesting it's this sounds like the weirdest combination of genres but they're funny they're romantic they've got great characters there's vampires and werewolves and it's all within like victorian society so there's rules and like vampires are like part they're all part of society and they all have certain positions and everything and it's really interesting and the main character is hilarious and um it's just really good and all five books stay with her and her her husband the man that she marries at the end of book one so it's not like jumping around between characters okay. and like the later books aren't as good as the first one but it's overall it's really good and it's a different sort of supernatural series the same way this one is i've never heard of it sounds interesting you'd probably recognize the first book like the first one is called Soulless. Mm. I, I feel like you've probably seen the cover at the very least. Probably. Probably. It just, it doesn't sound familiar though. Yeah. I also have selected a series. Series? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not the word I want to say. I have selected, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, a plethora of <laughs> books <laughs> and series that, that fall into the paranormal slash supernatural genre. The first one is one that I just actually finished rereading. Um mm-hmm. And it hasn't ended yet, so I'm waiting for the next book to come out. But um, it's the Fever series by Karen Marie Moaning. And Mm. it is so good. That's really all I can say. Um, It's not supernatural in the way of, like, vampires and witches and and that sort of thing. It's more um, fae-related. It takes place in Ireland. And so you've got the seely and the unseely and the walls between fairy and the world dropping and all of that stuff um it's really 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 good um and i often say that i think um jamie fraser from outlander Mm -hmm. 
is an odd combination of Gilbert Blythe from Anne of Green Gables and the main male character in the Fever series. His name is Jericho Barons. You know, I've never heard Jamie Fraser compared to Gilbert Blythe, but I I can see what you mean. (laughs) And if you ever read these, you'll you'll understand as well, because uh, Jericho Barons is like he's this massive guy who is like he's got this really big protective instinct Mm -hmm. and he's he's definitely kind of wild which is why i have to combine him with gilbert blythe to kind of tame that down just a little bit because jamie is very honorable and respectful as well yeah it's just a little bit of everything i don't know that's really weird and random but it's a really good series probably takes a little bit of time to get into because the main character is from georgia and I'm pretty sure Karen Marie Moaning is not. And so she's very stereotypically blonde and Southern, the, the main right. character, which can be hard to read, but it's worth it. I promise. I have also had these books recommended to me and I just never did it before. I just don't think I wanted to read a big, long series because it's quite long, right? Yeah, I think there are 10 books out right now, I think. Yeah, whoosh, that's a lot. And it's not done yet. It was supposed to be done after the first five, and then she kept writing. And she did switch perspectives for a couple books to follow a different character, Mm -hmm. which is great because it expands the world and and all of that stuff. But it's continuing. It's like the first five books really is a contained story. Okay. Um, And then when you pick up with book six, it is just continuing in that world with new things happening. Um, But you could just stop after the first five if you wanted to. Okay, good to know, good to know. Okay, so so here's a thought. If we have listeners who have only watched the TV show, do you recommend they read the All Souls trilogy, or do you recommend they wait? I would recommend that they read it if they want to read something, honestly, just because the world is so much richer when you have the details from the books. I kind of agree, but at the same time, I like the idea of waiting until the end of all three seasons. Like, that's going to be quite the wait. So it really just depends on if you have the self-discipline, because you can get the ending right now if you want it. Yeah, I wouldn't have the self-discipline. Yeah, yeah, no, I would not have the patience for that. But I also just really like the idea of going through it all blind or what have you. Like, I almost kind of wish I could turn off my knowledge of the book sometimes and and rewatch it. That's fair. So, I don't know. Interesting thought, but I guess if you have not yet read the books, you don't have to wait for the ending. They're all out. Or, well, the main trilogy is all done. Yes. I was Googling things that you should watch and or read if you like Discovery of Witches to see if any of them would jog my brain and be like, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And in several places, I saw the television show The Vampire Diaries and the Originals pop up. And exactly. That is my my exact reaction. I hate those shows, but I absolutely love the books that they're based on. Really? I do. That is the first time I've ever heard anyone say that they don't like the show, but they like the books. Yeah, I fell in love with L.J. Smith when I was middle school or high school. I don't Mm -hmm. remember which. It was at least my freshman year in high school. It may have been actually before that, but I remember writing about one of these books in my freshman English class. So yeah, wow. that's a long time ago. And it this is really the set of, like I discovered these books before I discovered Buffy. And so I think these are the books that really prompted my love of the paranormal and the supernatural. 
because it has everything. It has witches. It has vampires. It has werewolves. It, it has got all kinds of different things happening at once. And so there are the Vampire Diary books, which are nothing like the television show. The only right. thing that the television show has in common with the books are the character names. Yes, nothing else is, is the same. This is what I've also heard, yes. And um, the books, the original trilogy of books, they have since, since the show started, they have continued writing books using L.J. Smith's name, but it's not L.J. Smith who's doing the writing. I think the rights to her materials, somehow she lost them. I right. did, I don't know the whole story behind that, but I recommend the original ones. They're fantastic. And the original, um, the Secret Circle books, also fantastic. And then she has this other whole series that's interrelated called the Night World series. And they're very small books. Um, these are. They're very small paperbacks, probably the size of like a Harlequin novel. Right. And they all follow a different character, but it. It's set in the same world, and so sometimes they'll reference each other. Right. And I love book series that do that because you don't get stuck with just a single character, but you still feel like you know what's happening and you know what the rules of the world are. And I just adore authors who do that and and keep expanding their world. Not the way that J.K. Rowling keeps expanding her world, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different beast. Yep. So yeah, all of that rambling is to say L.J. Smith books are fantastic if they're actually the original ones that she wrote. Okay, that's good to keep in mind, the difference. And I think actually that's quite common from uh, YA authors from the 90s, that they sort of sold their name along with their books. That's really sad. I guess it all depends on how much money she got for it or how she feels about it. That's true. I imagine, though, even if she was unhappy with it, she probably couldn't talk about it. Yeah. So I'm going to take a bit of a different slant here, I guess, and recommend a, a YA, uh, a duology, I guess. I don't know. It's, it is it is supernatural, but I would say that that's not really the focus. Um, but if you have not read Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo, please do. They're so good. I've heard of them. I haven't read them. Um, they're kind of like like a fantasy heist novel. Okay. And they've got like a a good ensemble cast and with, you, you know, and they've got that good thing that goes on in Heist where you don't know everything that everyone's doing and you, you're not quite sure how it's all going to work out at the end and there's always like a twist. Mm-hmm. And, but really, like the plot's good. It's fine. But the cast of characters is amazing. Okay. And it's so good. And I love all of them. And I, I, it, it, I, I, I don't want to say what it's about or reveal anything about the characters because it's all sort of slowly revealed in the book. And that's part of what makes it so good. Okay. But I'm intrigued. It's so good. That's, that's all I got. I mean, I could go on more, but I'd have to spoil things. And Yeah. Well, I mean, I could sit here for like four hours and recommend books. And yeah, I don't so think we I... want to do that, so maybe let's move on to podcasts. Let's m- move on uh, just with a quick kvit that, like, if you haven't read the Twilight series and you like A Discovery of Witches, you'll probably like Twilight, as long as you go into it with an open mind and not with all the bullcrap that's out there. I will agree with that. I am not ashamed to say that I love the Twilight books. 
I think they came to me at a time in my life where I really, really needed them. Yeah. Um, and they hold a special place in my heart. I don't know if I can say I love them anymore. I did at the time. And they, they, you know, they're just fun reads. And if you don't read too much into them, that's all they have to be. Yeah. But now let's move on. Podcasts. Podcasts. Of course, we podcast. We have to tell you about other podcasts that we think you might like. Now, I have not yet listened to any of them other than like one episode, but I am very excited now that we are finished our our podcast. I can listen to all the other also podcasts out there. Um, I didn't want to while we were still recording because I didn't want to like have them infect my brain, right. you know, and just be like copying what they said. Yes. But now I don't have to worry about that as much. So I'm looking forward to trying out all of them. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how much time I have on my hands. But definitely the All Souls. It's just called All Souls Podcast. What is that one called? It is. It's All Souls Podcast. Okay, that one. And um, Demons Discuss. And Demons Discuss are the ones that I'm very looking forward to checking out. They are also on my list. I've, I've already got them in my podcast app. But like so do you I. have not listened to them yet. So Yeah. Um, actually, I did start listening to, um, I've listened to some of All Souls when they were going through the books, but I didn't, I haven't listened to any about the TV show. I, I listened to their interview with Rob Lane because I was really into the music and the TV show and I wanted right. to know more. And it was really good. I highly recommend it. I am currently obsessed with an audio drama podcast called The Box Podcast. Hmm. I recommended it to you once, but I'm not actually sure that you would like it because I look at it as being more supernatural, but it describes itself as a horror serial. Oh, okay. Um, I I don't really look at it as horror, but I can kind of see where they're coming from on that. It it deals with the unexplained, um, and it's it's intriguing. And it, every time I finish an episode, I can't wait to find out what happens next. So, if you're interested about like researching the paranormal because that's really how it starts is it's a podcast about a character who finds a box of journal entries that are about paranormal things and she doesn't believe it's real and so she starts researching them to figure out if they are and the story just escalates from there um you can find it at the box stories on twitter and their website is theboxpodcast.home.blog and it's really really good does it leave you, like, I don't like horror because I like to be able to get in my bed at night and not feel like something is going to kill me. I've never felt that. I, I've okay. had a few moments, particularly um, probably in the last, like, six episodes or so. There are 40 episodes out right now. And the production quality has changed significantly since the first half of the show. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot more sound effects and things like that. And the mm -hmm. only things that have startled me have been sound effects, not the story itself. And the stories always start and finish with some sort of narration. Mm -hmm. And so you never end because the episodes are usually the main character talks to us as she's researching these things. And then she reads the journal entry. Um, and so most of what you're getting is somebody reading something and not actually having it being acted out. Okay. Um, and that would make sense if you actually listen to it. Um, so most of the quote unquote horror stuff is being told to us rather than us experiencing it as a listener. 
Okay. Okay. That seems fine. I could probably do that. I, I don't even remember where I found it. I think I was Googling, you know, new podcasts to try or something, and it was listed on some list somewhere. And I was like, that sounds interesting. And I started it, and I didn't listen to anything else for like two weeks as right. I tried to catch up um, because it's not over. It's still currently, I think it's a new episode every week, but it's also seasonal. So I'm not exactly sure when it's going to stop again since I got to binge it all, if that makes sense. But it's really good. I am, I have been meaning to try out some audio drama podcasts because I haven't, I've only ever really listened to, to Night Vale and that was some time ago. And then I sort of stopped because it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, the other one that I would recommend then, especially if you're not sure about the box because of the horror thing, uh, mm-hmm. I know you've heard of The Bright Sessions. Um, yes. And that one is done start to finish. So you can listen to the whole thing without oh, having to wait. That's um, intriguing. And that one is that's the podcast that made me realize I actually like audio dramas. OK. And it's freaking fantastic. OK. I'm intrigued. I mean, I've heard about the bright. Obviously, I've heard about the bright sessions and I thought about giving them a go. But I'm even like more intrigued now that I know it's complete and I can just mm-hmm. finish it. Yeah. Because nothing's better than that, than finding a new thing that you love and it's finished. Yeah, because then you can binge it. Yeah. Without stopping and without having to wait and just consume start to finish. None of my other like favorite podcasts have anything to do with a discovery of witches. It's all like Sawbones and which is medical history and humor, you know, uh, and that type of thing. And it's just not the ty- same type of thing at all. So I don't know if I'd recommend them, but well, there's I some mean, very... you like them, you like them. Yeah, no, there. I mean, if you're interested in strange medical history and a husband and wife riffing on each other, Sawbones is fabulous. It's probably my favorite podcast of all time. Okay, that's pretty high praise. I don't know if I have a favorite podcast of all time. It's just one of the ones that I know, like, I'm I'm always looking forward to it every week. Mm-hmm. And I know it'll I know it'll always be good. If, if that like there's always going to be. It's always going to be funny and I'm always going to learn something and be entertained. And uh, very recently, the the like, so the husband and wife, like the wife, Dr. Sydney Macro is a doctor and her husband is not. And so she talks about medical stuff and he makes jokes and is the everyman, you know. Mm-hmm. And recently they've been on this kick of um, basically being like everybody should get vaccine superheroes and it's been so good. And I just I just love the people and and that I learned something. So Sawbones. Check it out. Sawbones. I have to admit, most of the podcasts that I listen to are either discussions about television shows or movies or audio drama. So um, I, I don't really tend to branch out from that very much. So, of course, there's all the Buffyverse podcasts that I listen to. Yes. Buffering the Vampire Slayer, Still Pretty, Still Dead. I have to listen to those i can't help it yeah buffering um, is amazing the the other one that i have to listen to as soon as a new episode comes out is the friends podcast called moo point right um that one if there's a new episode of that i will almost always listen to that before i listen to anything else Interesting. and then more recently david Tennant has a new podcast called david Tennant does a podcast with insert guest name here and it's pretty spectacular, too, because you feel like you're just sitting there getting to listen to David Tennant talk to his best friend for an hour. 
Okay, okay. And his best friend has been Whoopi Goldberg and Ian McKellar and Catherine Tate and Jodie Whittaker. And he had John Hamm on. Hmm. It's really weird, but it's really cool. Okay, that just reminds me that the Good Omens TV show is coming out in May, and I'm also very excited about that. I have not read it, although... Uh, I haven't read it either. I just, I happened to see the panel at New York Comic Con, oh. and it looked really good. There's a new podcast about that show coming out soon. Um, I cannot remember what it's called. I remember hearing about this also. Uh, Welcome to the End Times is what it's called. Right, yes. And it starts sometime in April, and they are going to be reading the book first, and then they're going to talk about the show. Oh, okay. Um, they being Lonnie Diane Rich and Dr. Kelly Jones. So that will I'm be good. Really excited about that too. Um, probably for full disclosure, they both do uh, Buffy podcast as well. Lonnie does Still Pretty and Still Dead, and Kelly is on Still Dead with her. Yes. So I tend to recommend their shows. <laughs> yeah, I have I have no desire to read the book, but it would be interesting to listen to a podcast about the book. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know if I'm going to read the book or not. Um, I tried to read a Neil Gaiman book once. I did not finish that book. Which one was it? Neverwhere, mm. I think. I think I also tried to start that one once and I didn't get anywhere. The only Neil Gaiman book I've read beginning to end was Stardust and the movie was so much better. Mm. Stardust, the movie was fantastic. Yeah. I have read American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Oh, okay. But I didn't ever actually finish it until after the TV show started. <laughs> so, uh -huh. But I can't not watch... The Good Omen show, because one, it's got David Tennant in it. Yes, of course. And two, it's got David Tennant in it. It also just genuinely looks really good. It looks fun. Yeah. So. So I, I've, I have just sort of decided that I prefer Neil Gaiman in uh, visual media, like TV shows and movies. I prefer his stuff in that than I do his books. And I've never really been into Terry Pratchett, so, which is why I never read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the TV show looks good. So yeah, I've yeah. never read Terry Pratchett either. I tried once because it was recommended to me by a bunch of people, but it was just never really my thing. Okay. Well, we have spent a long time recommending recommending lots of random things that we love. Yes, we have. I think we have plenty to get us through until the next season of Discovery Witches. Logically, I know you're right, but it still feels like a very long wait. Oh, it's going to be so long, but we still have that sweet, sweet anticipation of casting for season two. That's true. That's true. We didn't even go on like a, here's all the good movies Matthew Good has been in. <laughs> all the good movies. <laughs> we did not. Maybe we should save that for another episode. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, for now, I guess uh, I'm Caitlin and you can find my other show at com, or you can find me on Twitter at Inferior Caitlin. And I am Mandy Kay, and you can find this show on Twitter at DesireMadeReal, or you can send us an email to DesireMadeRealPod at gmail.com. You can find my other show, uh, Pop Culturally Deprived, at EloquentGushing.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay. And until we meet again, remember that with every ending, there is a new beginning. <laughs>